we have no idea what we're doing. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Amateur Hour, a show where we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it anyway. My name is Jackson Moon. My name is William LaFour. And I'm David Mathis. And together <laughs> I did we're... The, I almost did it. I almost did it. Then I decided against it. Come on. You know whatever lets me do fun things. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I was about to say, we do all kinds of fun things with you, like uh, William's special extravaganza thing. Best or the episode we released last week. Yeah, or the last <laughs> week's episode. Yeah. I, I have to say that was a fun tweet to tweet out. The, you know, what kind of sandwich are you? Like, you know, it was just yeah. a, such a quirky tweet. I'm so quirky. So quirky. I'm so random. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about <laughs> William's simulation. <laughs> where his nightmares are coming true. It's and going horribly. Actors, are we actors in William's simulation? If or are someone, we all living our own simulation? If someone's playing my life as a simulation, they're doing something very wrong. They bought the $5 game instead of buying the $60 <laughs> game. The one that had two downloads the DLC. with one, yeah, with one star reviews. Man, it, it was part of the Yelp bundle. Get off my back. <laughs> it's part of the Xbox 360 Arcade Edition that just came with a bunch of preloaded games <laughs> right. that nobody played. So, what are we talking about when we talk about simulation theory? Like a a very basic definition to get us started. Wait, wait, I got this. Okay, the Matrix. Yeah. Okay. That's a re- very succinct two-word <laughs> explanation. If you've ever seen the movie The Matrix, which I just found out that my wife has never seen The Matrix. What? Yes. Yeah, I can't believe <laughs> yeah. someone hasn't seen The Matrix. I'm going to call her out a little bit because she's going to listen to this later and laugh. But we were talking earlier. She was asking what we were talking about tonight. And I told her simulation theory. She was like, is that, you know, how we some people think that we're living in a simulation, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I always thought it would be really cool to make a movie about somebody living in the simulation <laughs> and then slowly discovering that they're living in a simulation. And I was like, do you mean like the matrix? And she's like, is that what the matrix is about? And I said, what are you talking about? And you immediately melted into the floor. <laughs> I was like, why have you never seen the matrix? And she was like, I just never saw it. So we're going to have to remedy that soon. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a really good example of what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know if I, it still is, but it was the whole trilogy was on HBO Max for a while. Oh, OK. Yeah, I'll I have, have a confession. I also have never seen The Matrix. Then why did you make a face when someone <laughs> when I know. said that Abby hadn't seen it? I was trying to like hide the fact Abby that I him. hadn't seen it, <laughs> but I just okay, decided well, you to come should, clean. You should definitely watch The Matrix. I it's might a fantastic that. trilogy. I might. I might. You should. I will. So yes, that is a that is a very good example of what we're talking about. If I you've just, ever seen the Matrix, I'm sorry, I can't I can't move past that that quickly. <laughs> like, we how have, have to. You, how have you not seen the Matrix? Me? Yes. Oh no, Abby's I, not here. I well, can't talk to her. I don't know. Like it seems like one of those movies that I definitely would have watched, but I I just haven't. Like I. I don't it's know. Kind of like the fact that I've never seen Jaws, and I'm like a movie buff. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I've it seen Jaws, weird. I think. I've seen like most I, I of have it, it, I think. Huh. Yeah. yeah I tell but I'm not I'm a movie movies and, buff, and it's yeah. an old movie, so I don't have a reason to go see it, really. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a weird one. one of those I just never seen. watched. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's odd. I've, only, I've also only ever seen like part of Twister. I've seen I've that seen, one. I've seen Twister. Have yeah. you seen um, basically the, the best film of all time, critically acclaimed uh, Oscar nominee extravaganza movie Sharknado. <laughs> I refuse to watch Sharknado. I one of my seen... favorite quotes, though, is is I saw a sign one time that was like, if you're ever doubting yourself, remember that someone wrote Sharknado and then it happens and it was successful. <laughs> it's, there's like they three, made money off of it. Yeah, they there's actually like made money. Four of them. I know it's, it's insane. I've seen so, all of them and they're terrible. I don't I don't I, understand how movies like that are successful no so <laughs> this like, is a little test for some of our friends that say they listen to the podcast but uh did you guys know you william and jackson that there's actually a magic card that is it's called shark typhoon that came out a couple years back and it's supposed to be like an inside joke that it's the sharknado card it literally oh. looks like sharknado the the art in it and everything 
I think you actually sent me a picture of that when it came out. Yeah, yeah, maybe I did. Well, yeah. uh, now all, all of our our close friends who play magic with me, who also listen to this podcast, you need to text Supposedly. me when you hear this so that I know you actually listen to the podcast. And if not, <laughs> I'm coming for you. It feels okay. like a an old radio show where it's like the code word is Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> Text Drink Sharknado your Ovaltine. to three three three. Yeah. Drink your oval team. Well, have you guys have you That's guys seen reference. the Velocipaster? No, but I saw the previews for it. <laughs> it's literally David. A, let, me, let, me, let me read him the synopsis. Of okay, it. okay. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first, horrified by his new power. A hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. A hooker? Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> it, it seems to yeah, be an amazing movie that I, I still haven't seen, but I'm pretty I, sure it's on Netflix. Every time I see something like that come out, I'm just like, okay, I just the quote that I said earlier is like, how, why would I ever doubt myself when stuff like that gets made? exactly you know what i mean yeah basically the plot to all of the series or or movies that you have planned or started planning before are far better than any of Way those better. movies like exactly that's leaps what i'm saying and bounds <laughs> i just need to finish them oh my yeah, goodness, there's five there's five sharknados that's ridiculous five. and there's so, also a movie called lava lava which is <laughs> a tarantula that goes through lava I've never heard of that one. There's also Killer I was Sofa. thinking an avalanche. Oh, and Killer Lava, Sofa. But... You should watch the trailer for Killer Sofa. It's actually hilarious. Okay. Okay. So bringing us back a little bit. Have you guys <laughs> yeah, ever so seen like... the Truman Show? Yes. That's, yes. That is a movie. And that is, while not simulation theory, there's a lot of parallels in Truman's existence and the simulation theory. So if you also are like Abby and William and for some reason have never seen The Matrix, but have seen the Truman Show, you might be able to relate to that a little bit more. Yeah, I I did think about the Truman Show as well, but I thought about how the Truman Show technically he wasn't living in a simulation, but he was surrounded by paid actors and was on a show. So it is very similar yeah, concepts. Right. Yeah, it's not actually a simulation in that. Well, no, it kind of is. It's just a physical I mean, simulation. Is. Right. Uh which it's is actually different happening still. But there's a lot of parallels in concept that as yeah. we discuss the simulation theory, I think you, dear listener, hopefully will understand what I mean. Yeah, as well as Free Guy in a way, because it deals with the main character kind of becoming conscious and realizing that he's in this simulation and everyone around him is digitally animated and created. So he's the world he's in is not real. Yeah, I, I have something to circle back on that after we've talked about what simulation theory really is at a more deep level. So who, who wants to take that? Who wants to explain simulation theory? I can explain it just by um, kind of the standard definition that is widely accepted that I Googled. Um, simulation <laughs> theory or simulation hypothesis proposes that all of our existence is a simulated reality, such as a computer simulation or program. So for the last 70 plus years, right, we had uh, the beginnings of like computer games. Um, Pong was like a really big breakout computer game that that people played very early on in the the existence of the computer and the advent of the computer and then in the last however many years since pong came out there's been exponential growth in both the power and the real realism of computer games and it's kind of proposed that in this theory that since we have advanced so much it is likely that outside of our reality there is a more advanced civilization who's simulating or creating this computer program that we're all living in the the scale of basically just the the change in video games from time like microsoft flight simulator 2000 when you would play that game and you're flying the plane around it's literally just pixels and you like fly around pixelated buildings and it's <clears throat> you can't tell what anything is um, but now when videos are posted of people playing Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, there's a lot of comments that are like, oh, I thought this was real until this happened or I thought it was real until this happened. So just the the change in the graphics of everything and the technology that we have is is unreal. Yeah, and, even in the last 20 years, right? Yeah. And so that's a really good example, because 
yeah i've never played the microsoft flight simulators um it's good I'm sure i played one of the old ones yeah. but i've heard how good they are and even from you i've heard like how realistic it is and i've seen side-by-side comparisons of like actual flights and microsoft simulator 2020 and it's crazy how similar they are yeah just the not even just like the graphics of the game but like the realism of the game is is kind of crazy now it's still nowhere near what it's like to actually fly. So you cannot play Microsoft Flight Simulator and then go out and fly a plane. It, it doesn't carry over like that. However, um, how would you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe because I've done both. <laughs> um, anyway, so but but what is crazy is is the real world aspect of the game has advanced so much. Like you can fly somewhere, and the weather that you'll experience in the game is the weather in real time where you're playing. Uh, you can fly through like people did videos of them flying through hurricanes during hurricanes last year because the real world simulated the weather in the game. So like there was an actual hurricane in the game and you could fly through it and it, you know, it, just stuff like that would not have been possible in the way that it's possible today, even, even 10 years ago. So the, just the amount of increase that we've had in technology over the last 10 years is absolutely insane. Yeah. And so part of the cause of that, I mean, there's basically two things that are pushing technology forward like that, at least in uh, like digital animation and computer AI and that kind of stuff is one, just our skill and ability at pulling out more stuff from the same amount of power. And two, uh, something that's called Moore's law. Uh, for those who don't know, Moore's law was uh, actually an observation that was later converted there became known as a law by uh, Gordon E. Moore, one of the founders of Intel. In 1965, he observed that basically every two years, the number of transistors we were able to put on a microchip would double, and at the same time, the price would be cut in half. And so it's amazing that that long ago, I mean, in 1965, up until I think it was like 2014 maybe 2012 was around the time where people started to say maybe that's not true anymore there's arguments back and forth but either way if we slowed down we haven't slowed down a lot so it's basically our power every two years doubles and our efficiency because that's kind of where the cost is is halved which almost equals like quadrupling every two years of what is realistically possible uh with computer power just just raw power like i said the other component then is our skill at manipulating that power uh will just continue to grow as well another good example of this is before we started officially recording we were talking about the new iphone release and every year they come out with a new iphone i think okay this is the peak of technology (laughs) how are they going to pop this next time and they always are like guess what it has 40 percent better battery life and 50 percent better graphics and the knit brightness on the screen is 20 percent better in this model and it's like how do you keep every almost every year every two years getting so much more efficient and more powerful it's it's insane yeah and it's only going to get better which is the crazy thing because we can't imagine it like you said like we don't yeah. understand how it, it could get better yeah, because like at the time, mm-hmm. that is the peak. And it's like how in the world, even though, you know, logically, OK, for the past 10, 15 years, they've been coming out with every everything better each year. It's like, how are they going to top themselves? And they always do. Well, it's like when they first came out with like the first flat screen TVs, everybody was just like, whoa, <laughs> like I remember. Yeah, because remember in Memphis, we used to have that giant box TV. It like, was gigantic. gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> and you could never find one of those nowadays. And they like it was so heavy, although I was also like five. So I'm sure it <laughs> seemed heavy, but I'm sure it was, oh, it was heavy. heavy. No, yeah. they're heavy. <laughs> um, but that was like when they first came out with flat screen TVs, like I remember that they, they looked so real. But now looking back at them, it's like, wow, that that looks terrible because now what mm-hmm. we have is it looks so real. And you see, think the same thing about cell phone cameras. They don't get worse over time are just our expectation for cameras gets better because i used to think when i had my samsung galaxy s2 that that camera was amazing and the pictures that it took were just incredible and i can still go back and see some of those pictures because i have them on my google photos and i actually looked at one the other day and i was like wow that is so grainy and that is so like such bad quality and we don't even realize that it happens because it just happens so smoothly over time and it's only in comparison to what you know now yeah that's the thing 
I, I have the same problem because as a photographer and digital camera uh, technology gets better every year, Sony and Canon are always releasing something that does, you know, twice the megapixels of what my camera does. And I'm like, my wallet can't handle this. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop getting better cameras. I can't afford them. By the time you can't afford them, there would be something that's three times as better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's why yeah. I usually I usually buy like two models behind. <laughs> yeah. Better I than what have you a similar before. experience. I've gone back and looked at videos that I took of my dog playing from like 2010. And I, I mean, I remember those videos being super clear. And when I look at them, like I can hardly even tell what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, along the same lines, Microsoft, we were talking about Flight Simulator. I just looked up the what engine they use. They have an in-house engine, but it's um, a physics and graphics engine called Microsoft Azure. And it provides over two petabytes of world map data taken from the cloud on demand. And there's no, correct me if I'm wrong, William, there's no like load times. There's no load screens in Microsoft Simulator, right? There, I mean, there is, but it's not. It's not very long. Okay. It's not like GTA. Like if you're 5 flying, a, <laughs> you're right. So if you're flying across state lines, let's say, oh is yeah, there like no. a little load screen. No, or? there's nothing. I thought you meant like loading the actual game, but no, like once no, you're no, in the no. game, like, there's no. Once it's loaded. Yeah, no, you can do a flight, and, and there's videos of people do it. They've got like 16 hour videos of them literally flying from an airport to like all the way across the world. There is no load time, so yeah, all that, all that yeah. data, all that information is being fed live. So yeah. with with that concept of the the data we have enough power right now to make microsoft flight simulator not need to pause for loading while you're in continuous flight that's impressive I, one of the arguments that i when i was researching this that uh people have made uh philosophers and scientists both have made uh for the simulation theory being a real thing is that the reason we can't reach haven't been able to figure out how to reach light speed is because basically we are in a simulation. I mean, think about Microsoft flight simulator and the, whatever the prime society is that's actually running the simulation doesn't have enough power to run something that fast out in front of you. So if we suddenly could move that quickly, we'd pass their ability to load quicker than us. And then, it would suddenly we would know that we were in a simulation, right? Uh, and so the, the the reason that we've been able to re, unable to reach light speed is basically because we've been programmed that we can't. Because if we could, we would know that we were definitely in a simulation. You could also argue along those same lines that whoever's outside of the simulation, whatever hardware and software that we're running on, is constantly getting better, which is why we keep continuing in our technology, can, yeah. right? Yeah. There's an article on Scientific American that basically says, and it summarizes, it says there's a 50-50% chance that we are in a simulation. That's what they've kind of boiled it down to. So, so there's a 50-50 chance for just about everything. That's true. Yeah. Or it's not. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, but if you think about that, like, they're so unsure. Like, they're not for, willing to for say. For our mathematicians out there, I know that's not how statistics yeah. work. I'm just joking. <laughs> they are, they are equally as sure as they are unsure that we are in a simulation there's no one that knows uh but they they think it's very possible which is crazy to me um because when i think about being in a simulation if i'm like okay if my life is a simulation am i like the main character in this simulation or am i a side character and i just have my own consciousness because like when i think about that i think of like a video game and there's always like a first person or there's like there's a main character and everyone else is just like an npc exactly so like, is the simulation so advanced that each person has their own consciousness? Or is it like you guys are actually side characters and don't actually have consciousness, but you're created by the simulation to make me think so? Or like, Jackson, are you the main character? And I'm just saying this to you to throw you off. Like, <laughs> There's so many right, questions. You are that, part. <laughs> yeah, you're an NPC that's trying to throw me off the trail. Exactly. There's so many like different yeah. situations with that, that like it hurts my brain to think about too much. But I think about that, too, because like if we are and let's say for argument's sake that we are our own main character, we are our own protagonist, everyone else outside of us is an NPC. That means that anything that you're doing isn't actually happening until I'm seeing you. So you are not from my in my simulation, you're not actually in your own house right now on your own computer until we get on a Zoom call 
and I'm seeing you do this. Yeah. That trips me out a little it's bit. It's like the, it's the <laughs> just the tree make a noise with if you're not there to hear it sort of thing. But yeah. in terms of like technology, like are, are you doing what you tell me you're doing until I'm there to witness it with my own eyes? Because it doesn't yeah. need to happen because it doesn't matter. I get a text from you or I text you and say, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm flying. It's like, are you actually? Yeah, or I'm, is that I'm actually simulation? in a... In a <laughs> <laughs> a frightening state between states of being uh, not quite dead, yes. not quite alive. Just a constant state of sleep It's like, please don't stop paralysis. texting me. <laughs> please don't stop texting me. I'll cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm where I always am when you're not using me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I guess if being. you think about it from a video game standpoint, there's the difference between a perpetually live world and a single player game so if you're a single player game then that would mean one of us is the main character and the rest of us like you were saying basically don't exist or just waiting as code to be activated until the main character interacts with us and the other one would be which causes it requires this one requires much more processing power creating an entire simulated world that is constantly running and most or maybe many of the people running around in that world are the main characters in their own story but they they don't the other side people don't cease to exist they're also there in their own main story and so i think that one makes more sense logically but also would be harder to do because of the astronomical amount of processing power you would need to do to be able to do that for however how many billions of people are alive on the earth it's like yeah, over seven it's, billion now it's yeah gta 5 online versus story version it's like yeah, what, it's, M- it's an MMORPG. Yeah. Which one are we versus in? a linear story or story game? And, and I think I think you're right. I think it's more likely that if this is true, it has to be an MMORPG, massive multiplayer online role playing game <laughs> for those who are not versed in nerd culture. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I was wondering. So thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. Think GTA. Um, wow. World of Warcraft. Uh, that kind of thing where everyone is online at the same time and you guys can play together and interact, but you're also interacting with the environment built into the game and NPCs that are not controlled by a player. Which, But those NPCs and the environment, if you log off, don't go away. They're still being run all the time. They're always yeah. there. And so that's the difference. Now, another theory that there is, is like we're not just in a simulation, but we're in a game where people are playing us. And if that was the case, then things would get a little bit more complicated because if let's say I sit down to play a game and it, maybe it's a game like GTA or the story mode. So I'm playing someone else, but I'm controlling what they do in their life. Now, let's say I get up and I go do something else. I step away from the game. That whole world stops. So in that case, it would be. Like whoever the main character is, is the only one being controlled. So therefore, Everyone else would be an NPC. So if that was the case, someone's controlling me right now. I don't know about it because I'm in the game and you guys are side characters or NPCs that and like if my game pauses because the dude who's controlling me gets up and leaves like time stops, but I don't even notice it because as soon as he gets back on my life resumes. So I could be pausing at random points during the day, but nobody would know. Yeah, there's there's so many weird things. But also if someone's playing a game, they're playing my life. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, they're they're low level. <laughs> they're no, not. I, I, doing I too want well. a new player. Pa- yeah. Pass it down the the couch to the next person. Pass the controller down the couch. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the person playing your life is the little brother who gets the weird controller. <laughs> it's like the third party oh, controller. Yeah, yeah. It's William. William is playing William. the game. He's got the wild or the mad cat. What's it called? Yeah, the yeah. mad cat controller. They're not doing too well. There's so much potential that they're just not capitalizing on. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we that, need I to start sending argument. like the Prima guides and the cheat codes and all that stuff to our players so that our lives can get better. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest yeah. argument against simulation theory is like, well, OK, if we were a simulation, my life would be better. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I'm sure Elon, I'm sure this is an Elon Musk thing um, when he was I think he was on Joe Rogan talking about this or something like that. But someone said something about. You know, you try to explain simulation theory and people who are, let's say, very privileged or blessed in life and have very good um, lives and they're financially stable. You try to 
have that person explain simulation theory to somebody who is in a more desperate situation or uh, somebody that's destitute or very hard, uh, fallen on very hard times financially. It's like, well, how how is this simulation favoring one person over another? And like for people who are maybe in less fortunate situations, that kind of theory is sort of hard to hear, right? Yeah. Our players didn't buy the battle pass. <laughs> right. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're playing on free mode. Yeah. The free to play version yeah. versus the, the pay to win. Or there's just too many microtransactions throughout the day. Like we could we could get like an insane job offer, but they have to pay like two ninety nine for it and they're like, nah, not today. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So is it all right with you guys if I get into a little bit of the philosophy behind this theory? Absolutely yep. not. Okay. Cool. Okay. I'll I'll shut up. <laughs> no, let's go. Go for it. Uh well actually before I do that, what you brought up about Elon Musk. I think that's a good point. I actually think one of the biggest detractors, biggest things that makes it to me seem like simulation theory couldn't be a thing is the fact that people like Elon Musk are talking about it publicly that like if this was if it was real, wouldn't someone stop that being public knowledge because it would if you believe it, it would crash the part of the system that you're interacting with or could. So I, and not if, I, I think not if not. Elon Musk is also part of the simulation. I mean, he was not the first person to talk about it. So, well, even if he's part of the simulation, I mean, that's even worse, actually, in my opinion. If he's another, if it's an MMORPG and he is another player somewhere, I, I sort of can understand that, that they just kind of, they can't do anything about shutting him up. But if he's an NPC, I think it would be asinine to program an npc into the game that tells you hey this is a game <laughs> you're a lie <laughs> well you can make the same argument for us i mean we're talking about this and recording it i know right. that we're not like large public figures but like the fact that we can talk about this yeah I, I see your point like the fact that we can even speak about this as a theory and even somewhat believe it and make arguments for it is definitely against it yeah so uh, anyway, as I was going to talk about, and Jackson alluded to this already, simulation theory was in modern culture popularized shortly after the Matrix came out. But the a lot of the philosophical concepts around it have been around for thousands of years. Uh, so I, I, there's actually a couple of ancient uh, historical figures who've had similar things that obviously it wasn't called the simulation theory back then because that wasn't a word. but. Uh, anyway, I'll get to it. The first one is Plato. So uh, yes, Plato has an allegory, something called the allegory of the cave. And so I'm going to read you a, a brief, like summarized version of it. Uh, that then we can discuss it a little bit. Uh, so in the allegory of the cave, Plato describes a group of people who've lived chained to the wall of a cave all their lives, facing a blank wall. The people watch shadows projected on that wall from objects passing in front of a fire behind them, and give names to these shadows. The shadows are the prisoner's reality, but are not accurate representations of the real world. The shadows represent the fragment of reality that we can normally perceive through our senses, while the objects under the sun represent the true form of objects that we can only perceive through reason. So based on this, three higher levels exist. The natural sciences, mathematics and geometry, and then deductive logic. Uh, So in... This allegory, Socrates explains how the philosopher is like a prisoner who's freed from the cave, comes to understand that the shadows on the wall are actually not the direct source of the images seen, that basically that the shadows are a lie uh, or a perversion of reality. Uh, And a philosopher aims to understand and perceive the higher levels of reality. However, the other uh, inmates of the cave do not even desire to leave their prison for they know no better life. So basically, Socrates gets out, realizes it's a perversion, the shadows aren't real, tells the other people in the cave, and they don't know anything else. They have no frame of mind to actually think about it. And so they say, yeah, okay, Plato, and ignore him and keep on going as if nothing had ever changed, believing the shadows are real. Yeah, you had a couple of glitches in the Matrix there. You kept calling him Socrates. Um, oh, did I? But yeah, I will just. Oh, clear, no, no, clear, I'm sorry. I did say cash. Socrates. It's because in the writing Plato did about it, the author who is narrating is Socrates, Plato's mentor. I gotcha. That's why. Okay. 
All right, we won't put that in the patch notes then of the next yeah. uh, update. Clear your cash, <laughs> David. <laughs> Clear your cash. Yeah, I love I love the allegory of the cave. I've seen um, a couple of like visual representations of it on YouTube that do really well, and it's it's really interesting to see because in the explanations that I saw with the visuals, you kind of get to see like how how it how it would be set up, um, and like the person that escapes the cave going outside and they they see these they see trees they see other people and they think like what is this like they don't know what a tree is because they've only ever seen the shadow of a tree and how that applies to us is like everything that we are seeing in our reality if simulation theory were to be correct is just a shadow of what actually is so we know nothing outside of our reality and if we were to see it and know the quote unquote truth and try to tell somebody about it, people would think we're crazy. Just like in the Matrix, when Neo breaks out and sees the real world, and it's so much different than what he's been living inside the Matrix. Makes me sad. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Like, if we were in obvious, obviously, if we were in a simulation, I highly doubt it's one of those simulations where we're able to actually realize we're in a simulation and then do something about it. Because what are we going to do? We're in a simulation. But if we were in a simulation, then everything that we hold true, like every value that we have, everything that we believe is a lie and it means nothing. Because we have like whether it's a whether it's like a religious standpoint or whether it's just a core value that you have, maybe it's literally something as simple as like I shouldn't steal because that's wrong. If we're in a simulation, it doesn't actually matter. Stealing isn't wrong. It's just part of that simulation. And if, let's say, you you know believe in Buddhism or whatever, and you live your life by those values that that religion has, it doesn't mean anything because it's not real because it's in a simulation. So I think it's honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like it's a very sad theory because we don't realize that we're in a simulation if we are. So we have no reason to believe that our lives are anything other than real but if they aren't real everything that we believe everything that we do means nothing yeah there's if this is real there's a lot that's tied up in it that just wrecks everything (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's it's definitely at least in theory a heavy concept uh and trying to think through it and all of the logical conclusions that come about if you adopt any part of this uh this thought process here it can be pretty crushing uh i was gonna circle to this later but i'll just say right now since william was talking about this makes him sad to me i know that in this scenario i'm the if it's real which i don't think it is but that's kind of my point of what i'm about to say i i would be one of the prisoners still chained in there not willing to give up on the reality that I understand and acknowledge that there's something else because whether I'm right or wrong, I mean, first I just would think I'm right, but even if I was wrong, I mean, as William was saying, that would destroy everything I've ever tried to do up to this point. And that doesn't sound appealing at all. So (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to stick with what I know and choose to be the prisoner chained to the wall who just goes on with the little bit that I can actually see. So basically, you don't want to be enlightened for convenience. Partly. Mm. Yeah. Tells us a lot about your character, David. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of character development going on right now, guys. I know. I I completely understand what you're saying, though. It's kind of very similar to like people who talk about the discovery. Like if if the government were to come out tomorrow and say, yep, aliens are real. We've known it forever. uh, Guess what? A lot of people would be like, so? You know, we still have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, I still have to go get groceries. Yeah. I still have to fill up my car with gas. Like, cool. The world has changed a little bit, but that doesn't mean we have, you know, that we can just stop doing what we're doing on a daily basis. We still have a reality that we're living in, even though something has changed about it. Yeah. And even if even if for some reason we were told, hey, you're in a simulation, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Like, am I just going to uh, say, take oh, the I'm, blue pill. Yeah, I'm, I'm done yeah. playing <laughs> yeah. and just like sit here and sit here until I'm done playing. Oh, I'm still going to starve. That's going to be incredibly painful. Like, 
there's no way your health bar is gonna yeah go exactly down. <laughs> like there's there's no pleasant way to remove yourself from the situation so like why not just keep living like nothing would change in terms of like my outlook on life would probably change but i there's nothing i can do about it i still have to do stuff <laughs> like i still have to make a living because even if i am in a simulation in my simulation i have to do things to survive yeah and i actually said that wrong it's the red pill that breaks you out of the simulation but whatever <laughs> uh anyway so the the other uh philosopher ancient philosopher i wanted to bring up is actually a chinese philosopher uh named zhuang zhao and yes i looked up the pronunciation before saying it and listened to it like 12 times Good job. Good job. <laughs> uh so he he wrote a, a lot of different things but one specific uh passage that's uh very connected to this concept uh that's called the butterfly dream uh, so it's very short. It's three lines. So I'll just read the whole thing. There the English translation of it. Uh, once Zheng Zhao dreamed he was a butterfly, a butterfly flitting and fluttering about happy with himself and doing as he pleased. He didn't know that he was Zheng Zhao. Suddenly he woke up and there he was solid and unmistakable Zheng Zhao. But he didn't know if he was Zheng Zhao who had dreamt he was a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming that he was Zheng Zhao. Between Zheng Zhao and the butterfly, there must be some distinction. This is called the transformation of things. And so that's from Zhang Zi chapter two, uh, which is one of his, one of the books he wrote. So the, the whole image here is of a man imagining he is a butterfly waking up and then not being sure which one is the imagination. If he's really a butterfly dreaming of being a man, or if he's really a man dreaming of being a butterfly. And so that's very similar. It's a similar concept of, uh, doubt in the concept of self that uh, is attached to this simulation theory as well and this was written in the fourth century bc even earlier than plato so we have a long long time ago so this is not a new concept it's just been reframed in the technology that we have in uh, modern society but like i said it's been around for a very long time so in that scenario it makes me think about if we are living in a simulation what our dreams to us like are we is that us waking up is that some sort of i've heard dreams being you know the reason we dream being explained as like almost like a defragmenting of our minds at the end of the day um you enter a very specific part of your sleeping pattern to be able to dream and in that sleeping pattern area is the only place that you do dream and most of the time, the dreams that we have don't make sense. Sometimes there will be elements, there's obviously elements from our world that get drug into our dreams. But most of the time, they don't seem coherent uh, or have any application to what we're doing. And then we wake up and it has no significance on our life. But we also, in that moment, most of the time, don't know that we're dreaming. It feels real to us. So I wonder if. If it is true, is that some sort of element of the simulation, or is that us outside of the simulation? That's yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that, that, and that's by philosopher Jackson Moon. That makes me think of um, have you guys heard stories of people that have been high on DMT? Yes, I've not heard of DMT before, or if I have, I've forgotten. So, DMT. Uh, which is called dimethyltryptamine uh, is basically a, a chemical and it's you have DMT in your body, but it's often found in animals and plants and it's basically just a psychedelic drug. But there are a lot of people who report when being high on DMT and normally when you take it from what I understand, you're out for like 10 minutes. Um, that's the average, but then some people are out for a little bit longer than that. There's a lot of people that report when, when they were high on this drug, they experienced a complete alternate reality and they experienced living their entire life differently in the span of 10 minutes. But to them, it feels like years. So I, I watched a video of, of a guy on TikTok the other day that kind of re responded to a video that talked about it. And he said, you know, I took it. And the next thing I know, I was literally being born and I lived my entire life up until the time I was like 30 years old before I woke up. And he goes, and I had a wife, I had kids, 
And he said, but to me, it felt like real time. But with my real body, I was only out for like 15 minutes. And he was like, the feeling of waking up and missing a wife and kids that aren't real, he goes, is absolutely insane. And it was terrifying because I had no idea what was going on because in my mind, I had been gone for 30 years. So there's, but this is not like a lone case. There's tons of people that have reported very similar things happening with them when they're taking this drug. That's just, it's kind of what it, you know, made me think of when you were talking about that, Jackson, like with dreams, like, is that waking up out of the simulation or is that our, our simulation creating another simulation? <laughs> like what, what kind of advanced technology is this? Is that what the red pill is? And somehow they trapped him mm-hmm. back and put him back in the simulation. Who knows? Well, and that's something that uh, detractors of the simulation theory bring up is that once the technology exists to create a full functioning world simulation that encompasses everyone, something like the matrix, you would inevitably have to be able to perpetuate that. Just like if you show a mirror on a computer screen, how it, how it mirrors and mirrors and mirrors into infinity, you would have to have the processing power, not to create that one world, but to create all the worlds that the simulations inside the world choose to create from then until the end of time. And each time that their simulation simulation creates a simulation and then you go four five six seven a million times deep you would have to instantly have the ability to do that from the start of creating your first simulation which doesn't seem improbable it seems literally impossible i mean i can't nor the mathematicians that i was reading in preparation for this can come up with a logic way of fixing that that to be able to stop it. And I mean, the other option is it's not a perpetual world, like an MMO, it's a first person, but then we've already said that one itself has a whole bunch of other problems that are not easy to knock down, but make it way less likely to be possible. So when you say that it has to be from the first simulation, perpetual simulation, wouldn't the argument against that just be that once they got it right, they started the simulation and it never ended. Well, right. But this is assuming that time between the simulation and the real world can't be one-to-one. So if it could be potentially you would, you may be able to keep up over time with technological advances to continue building out your computer. That's running the initial simulation so that it can then run the subsequent simulations that are created within the computer. Uh, but that is unlikely. And I can't remember off the top of my head why that doesn't make sense. Maybe I'll look at it in a minute when you guys are talking, but anyway, so it, the, it seems more likely to these mathematicians, at least that this is literally impossible, just logically not talking about technology, but logically impossible to be able to, infinitely duplicate the amount of power necessary to run something that can self-perpetuate and would have to be able to self-perpetuate almost from the beginning. Did any of what I said just make sense? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's kind of a tough thing to it's a tough pill to swallow if you will. It's a tough <laughs> red pill to swallow, but I think it does make sense. It's just kind of a hard concept to grasp on first listen. Um I think just slightly going back to what William was talking about with the dimethyltryptamine that has always really fascinated me um i don't have any desire to do it because i already feel like i I would have a panic attack and probably die of a heart attack if i ever tried something like that but the other thing that people often report and this is across many many cases is they kind of report a similar experience not necessarily what william said but of seeing specific places and specific beings and they call them the machine elves is kind of the uh the nomenclature that they've been assigned nowadays but everybody that has done this drug has has most of them have reported seeing these same entities and have talked to each other about it and almost like and it does feel like in this context of simulation theory that it's almost like breaking out of what the simulation is and seeing the actual world And I think, you know, as I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but as Christians, I think simulation theory 
as a Christian actually makes more sense than maybe with people that don't have religious beliefs uh, or even believe that there is another um, reality, if you will. We can call it a different reality if you want. Um, I think it does have a lot of parallels. And we know as, you know, or we believe as Christians that we are not here permanently, right? We, we believe in a higher state of being uh, that we hope to achieve after, after we pass on from this world. And it's almost very similar to what, like, the people who are taking this drug kind of report these, like, wild images in their head. And it, it seems like they're almost passing through or getting, a win- getting into a window, looking through a window of, of what might be out there that's not here. Yeah, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with you that people of religious faith, the simulation theory seems to make more sense in that context. And I'm not sure I'm with you on that part, but specifically with the drug thing, I mean, these, what did you call it? Techno elves? Is that <laughs> machine elves? Machine elves, yeah. yeah so Daft the mach- punk. I mean, something like <laughs> <Techno> that. Techno elves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> something like that, if it was real, could be, I mean, angels or other spiritual beings that are around us interacting. I mean, that that part I can see how would be more directly tied to, to a, a religious mindset. Yeah. I, maybe I didn't explain it as well, but think about how we know that we are, we have souls. We've talked about the, um, the AI and sentience argument, right? We mm-hmm. talked about what sentience means and we've talked about what sets us apart from other animals and that we can think for ourselves. And we, know that we are not bodies with souls, but we are souls that have bodies and we are inhabiting, inhabiting these physical bodies with skeletal structures and muscles, but that's not really who we are. Right. Right. From a religious standpoint, we know that we are controlling this body, but we have the hope that one day we will be away from this body and somewhere else. And I think that in my opinion, lines up, fairly well with a simulation theory. The fact that we believe that God has set in place and set in motion these things that happen. And one day they will not be happening anymore and we will be somewhere else. Does that make sense? I mean, from a certain standpoint, whether you take simulation theory as, as it's stated currently or just more abstractly than that, if you have a view of God as an omnipotent being who created all of us in the universe and everything, and that eventually we will go beyond that, then, I mean, it's like I said, abstractly, it is a simulation. I mean, it's a yeah. real simulation that's not right. a, in a computer, but I mean, it is a, it's kind of a processing of a different type of life to learn from and be better in the next. I mean, something sort of like that. I guess my that that's technically my point is that okay. I think that yeah, simulation that theory is a misunderstanding of what's actually happening. I think it's a way for um, certain groups of people to justify what's happening without an actual understanding of what reality is. So with the key difference being simulation theory, as it's known today, is a future technologically advanced version of ourselves, of human society has created this simulation you're you're talking about a version of it that is god's in control of everything we're going through the motions here and then there's something after and in that way it is very similar to the simulation theory and that's the the human explanation with human origins of where it's coming from is based on a lack of understanding of the way that the your acceptance of the way that the universe is actually set up to function yeah i think that's that is my belief as it as it stands with simulation theory i think that it's it is it's like a it's another way to explain how god has as the creator has set in, set these things in motion and then we with our human brains think oh there's a computer program that is running these with numbers and and we see and there's definitely explanation and uh, examples of numbers throughout the universe. People have observed this, and I think that's why people lean that way. Well, and there's I mean, you get back to base science and philosophy, 
we always are trying to figure out why we're here and what it means. And I mean, there's been lots of different theories about that throughout human history, but I mean, even the most commonly known one in science right now being the big bang theory. I mean, we're looking for what started everything that we are consciously aware of. And so if we're unwilling to submit to that, it's a being of immense power who created everything, then we have to find another solution. And so, yeah, I mean, opposite of the big bang theory, if we don't think that's it, or even that maybe it is, but at a more finite level, us specifically were created by the people who created us in the computer to <laughs> way down in the future. So yeah. William, you look perplexed. I'm just, I'm just thinking a lot. <laughs> I was just listening to what everybody was saying and just kind of like, okay. All right. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I see what David's saying. Uh, that is an interesting standpoint though, with, with the religious aspect. Like I've never, I've never really thought about it that way. It does make sense. Um, it just, it's hard to, because I'm not, I'm not limited by my faith, but I am limited in what I can comprehend because of my faith in that way. Like that makes what you said makes more sense to me and kind of coincides more with what I believe. And that's like a safe space right there and anything like (laughs) farther than that is like kind of scratching at that door of like okay well if i you know if i think about that you too are the prisoner chained in a cave unwilling to look away from the shadows yeah that's kind of that's the thing i'm saying is we've what we've been talking about versus what you know and my explanation and theory of why this is a thing based on people trying to explain the truth in a roundabout way because of our limited human understanding, it, let me be clear is my belief. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that that is what's happening, but it, it's what we've been talking about that if it is true, it kind of, it crushes or shatters a lot of belief systems. Yeah. If simulation theory holds true. Well, and it's the same thing with, with uh, when you just kind of mentioned aliens earlier, like there are a lot of people that if aliens were real and for some reason we had proof of aliens existence, that would crush a lot of people's view on religious things. There's especially, especially like, you know, Christians, there's a ton of people that I've talked to that it, I, you know, I've asked them the question, like if we found out aliens were real, what would that do to, you know, your view on Christianity? And a lot of them, you know, said that they wouldn't know how to justify that. And it would kind of crush their whole worldview of that. Um, and I don't necessarily share that, that same opinion, but it's, and it's the same thing. It's like, taking these new things into account kind of contradicts my personal belief. And so I don't, I don't quite know how to handle it sort of thing. Yeah. It's something that's hard to come up with a, a well-formed opinion off the cuff because there's so many aspects that you have to think both logically and philosophically in many different ways through to one, figure out if you think it even makes sense Two, if it seems possible and three, then probable or likely. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I understand this is a, all of these kinds of things are really hard concepts and that's why philosophers have been discussing these kinds of things since the beginning of mankind. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's a, it's another, it's another origin story is all it is. Like it's another explanation for where we came from and why we're here. Yeah. And if I out of many, and if I understood the way that Jackson was describing it, it's not a contrary origin story to the biblical story. It's a different perspective to look at the biblical story through. They would be saying everything that we're told about the creation of the universe and man is true. It's just a different lens to look through it. I mean, instead of it being yellow, it's purple. I mean, it's something like that. That it doesn't fundamentally change what it is. It just changes the way you look at it a little bit yeah i think that's exactly what i was what i was trying to say is you know we have an understanding if if there is a computer program running this somebody had to create it you know it yeah it could be a more advanced civilization that has advanced to the point where they can run simulation to create a world or it is an entity of unknown and 
unlimited power who has put these things in motion or started the computer program and is controlling the computer that's running it. That's that's just how I how I grab on and how I wrap my 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 head and my mind around this theory. Yeah. And so there's I did want to point out there's been a lot of discussion about probabilities of simulation theory being real in philosophical and mathematical spheres. And one of the big headline things that I felt like it would be important to touch on while we're on this was that Elon Musk came out in like 2016, I think, saying that the chances were like tens in a billion that we were not part of a simulation, which everyone disagrees with <laughs> who actually studies this kind of thing. So if that if you've seen that headline and it's caught you, it's it's just his opinion and not true. Well, uh, sorry, restate the opinion. That, Basically, in a, in a in a more simplistic aspect, there's a ten in a billion chance that we are in a base reality. Okay. Yes. So we are almost certainly in a simulation is what he's saying statistically. Okay. Uh, what the different people break it down different ways. Some, the, one of the biggest philosophers who brought this up in 2003 basically brought it down to three different options, which I won't take the time to read it all, but basically breaks it down to a, a 33 and a third percent chance. So one in three that we, are in a simulation and two of those uh two of the three both were saying we're not so it's 66.666 chance that we are in a base reality uh then if you look at ma- what the way math some mathematicians look at it uh oh i don't know if i said who that was it was a uh, uh nick bostrom of the university of oxford uh then if you look at it from a mathematician's perspective uh, so this is from Jonathan Bartlett who's a director of stem research uh for the Blythe Institute uh is saying that it's basically way further than that that the the problem is so big of doing it that it's not probable at all i mean it's much less probable so he he taught he ta- he is part of where i got the cascading effect of simulations and how that would be a problem so i'll quote him briefly uh to make his point bartlett considers the technology required to simulate physical reality in a virtual environment this is the quote i can make a model of atoms moving around but it actually requires entire computers which are all made of trillions of atoms to make that simulation and so you would actually wind up with a physical space problem that you can't simulate as much as you have in reality. And even so, if you could make a perfect simulation of reality, it would have to be a smaller reality than what you're simulating it with. Uh, and so, <laughs> I mean, it, it comes from the base understanding. And this, this is just the way things work as we understand it. Whatever you're simulating will always have to be physically smaller than the power processes and computer that are simulating it. So eventually, if we are simulating all of the universe, there has to be a much magnitude larger real universe out there that is able to have enough physical space to simulate it and so on. And so again, if you telescope that out into many simulations, the probability, he doesn't put a number to it, but the probability is astronomically low that we are in an actual computer generated simulation run by any society of uh, sentient people whether human or alien or whatever it is. You know what that tells me? That means that the government has been lying to us this entire time. Space isn't actually real and the James Webb telescope isn't traveling through it right now. And we never landed on the moon. And we never landed on the moon because it's not real, which means that we are in a smaller simulation than we had anticipated and those space pictures are (laughs) fake. That's how we have to The moon is just a skybox that they drew in to make us think there's more. That's because they say that that our space, our galaxy is ever expanding like space itself not just our galaxy is ever expanding so whatever is expanding it or making it seem like it's expanding from our perspective where we're sending these telescopes out so far would have to be infinitely bigger than infinity what does that mean infinitely like how how are they making more space another another podcast that (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) yeah that's i'm with you that's one that every time that that's brought up either in science classes or headlines and news and that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, okay. But how do we okay. know, how do we even have anything approaching proof that that's true? I mean, it sounds like something you cannot. What does it look like to expand space? 
because space is expanding faster than we could comprehend it, which is why if you travel the speed of light forever, you will never reach the end of space because it will infinitely expand larger or faster than you can travel. So it's expanding fairly quickly. And that doesn't make any sense to me. It's because we can't understand the the concept of infinity. I know it's just so like, right. <laughs> fundamentally, with with our minds, we cannot comprehend what infinity looks like. Maybe a mathematician or a NASA scientist that wants to come on here can kind of like try <laughs> to break it down for us. Even if that were to happen, I still don't think we would be convinced. We need the or like we need that YouTube video where it's like explain uh, this in like all these different levels: kindergartner, like high school, middle school. Yeah. <laughs> explain this to me like i'm five please yeah so you have a lemonade stand yeah (laughs) you don't have enough money for seven (laughs) dollars and next year i'll be six (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) it's turned into a deep episode guys yeah i knew it was going to (laughs) yeah it's it's hard for it not to expand into philosophical arguments and and it's another one of those make your make your head yeah, hurt so ones just basically that we're just not smart enough honestly basically if you're listening right now we are living in a simulation and everything that you believe is a lie you will never have any sort of real accomplishments in life because whatever those accomplishments may be it's all just coding on someone's giant computer and you're probably being controlled by some iPad kid that has some very technologically <laughs> advanced iPad. And he's probably got Cheeto fingers. <laughs> Why was I literally about to say he's got Cheeto fingers? <laughs> that was going to be my and next also, line. This, this entire episode is simulated. We're not actually here talking to you. This is the computer trying to convince you that you are trying to figure it out or are close to figuring it out. And that these three doofuses on a podcast are going to help you in any way. Daniel, wake up. <laughs> and that's for daniel <laughs> any daniels out there i should have said like cody my, or something like cody wake I up sent my friend yeah, yeah there's a te- there's a tiktok i saw the other day that it was this guy and he was like hey you you need to drink a glass of water except for you zach you go drink three <laughs> and i sent it to my friend zach so it's kind of one of those things maybe maybe someday we'll get into some more philosophy around this kind of thing because i i restrained myself significantly because very quickly when you get into the philosophy of this it easily pairs down into many other philosophical uh tangents that you can take that are like super relevant to society today so maybe we'll do those in the future the difference between modernism and postmodernism and what being what being a good questioning individual versus basically giving up on reality <laughs> and if there is truth or not truth and all that stuff in another episode because it's definitely a fascinating conversation but i knew there was no way we could even begin yeah. to touch on it in we this could, episode we could t- we could discuss philosophy and different philosophical views for hours yeah. and maybe we will it'd have to be like a live stream where we're live for like five hours yeah maybe we'll do that as a special access patreon thing Maybe that's what we should do when we're all together in a couple weeks. Yeah, we could have a real long chat. Just send Abby and all the rest of our friends out to her birthday party. And the three of us just sit around a computer for six hours, hating ourselves. (laughs) We (laughs) trying to explain away reality. (laughs) We walk out. We're just totally just out of it. Nothing's in our minds. We're, we're brain dead. And they're like, what happened? And we're like, well, we solved the quadratic formula you know we, we solved it we figured we it out the quadratic formula. that's not what you think it is <laughs> i know what it is gosh if any um deep philosophical people who have studied this and in- intensely want to come on here uh you can get into contact with us info at email <laughs> Shh, i'm gonna read it's getting it. patched no worries yeah yeah I'm patching the simulation, releasing the uh, update now. If any philosophical geniuses want to come on and talk about the subject with us or anything pertaining to this, uh, you can get into contact with us and we'll get you on here. Info at email. 
The patch didn't push. I knew you were the whole do it. time I, I was sitting push. here going, do it again. Yeah, he, do it like, again. Do, do it again. again. I manifested it into reality. Who I'm failed. the first player. You guys are NPCs. <laughs> you did. David's, David's simulation is falling no. apart right now. <laughs> David knows the main character. <laughs> Our email is info at amateurhourpod.com. Our Twitter is Twitter at Twit. No. Our Twitter is <laughs> amateur underscore pod. You can also reach us on Instagram as well as TikTok. And all of you should give me your money because this is my game and you're all NPCs. And to do that, you head over to patreon.com slash amateur hour pod. Yeah, that's our microtransaction uh, website. <laughs> Please pay for extras in life. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this and you didn't check out halfway through. Um, it was a really fun one to talk about and discuss and you know, question our lives and what's going on. But uh, we hope that you were entertained. Or that we broke your brain. <laughs> yeah, or if you're mad at us, just email us. No. We understand. No, tweet. That's where mad people go. Oh, that's right. Twitter is oh, the, the mad before, space. Before we go, uh, we should probably give a shout out because we got a, another topic um, added to the list. So... Yeah, Caitlin, thank you for uh, for shouting us out there, giving us a new topic. She wanted us to talk about Skinwalker Ranch. Figured we go ahead and mention that. Ooh, so I love Skinwalker yeah, Ranch. Yeah, so if you guys, if you have a topic you want us to talk about, uh, tweet at us at amateur underscore pod. Give us some ideas. Tell us what you want to hear about because we always want to. Uh, we always want to hear from our listeners. We always want to know what you guys want to hear next because that helps us make content and helps us make stuff that you want to hear. So that you're going to be interested and if you don't tell us we'll ramble about philosophy more exactly that's right (laughs) thank you caitlin for that shout out and for the uh suggestion we will definitely do that in the future Um, yeah send us topic suggestions and uh lastly the best way to support us uh besides all the things we've already mentioned is you can go on and give us a review uh on itunes apple podcasts or uh spotify i think you can star review on spotify you can't actually do a written review but either way it helps us a lot and uh, yeah, that'd be the best way that you can that you can reach out and let us know how you feel. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thanks. See, See ya. ya.